They said it was forbidden. They said it was dangerous. They were right. Introducing the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual. Dive into the arcane, into the hidden corners of the occult. This isn't just a comic. It's a hidden tome of supernatural power. All original artwork illustrating the groundbreaking research of Juan Ayala, one of the only living homunculologists of our time. Learn how to summon your own homunculus, an enigma wrapped in the fabric of reality itself, their power at your fingertips, their existence, your secret. Explore the mysteries of the Aristotelian, the spiritual, the Paracelsian, the Crowleyan homunculus, ancient knowledge lost to time, now unearthed in this forbidden tale. This comic book holds truths not meant for the light of day, knowledge that was buried, feared, and shunned. Are you ready to uncover the hidden, the paranoid American homunculus owner's manual, not for the faint of heart, available now from Paranoid American. Get your copy at tjojp.com or paranoidamerican.com today. Welcome to the one-on-one podcast with your host, Juan Ayala. send you the video afterwards that's so, perfect man all right three two one all right bro so we're here i don't know why i'm counting it in because we're just talking but yeah fuck it. I, I feel <laughs> so burned out so i'm juan from the one-on-one podcast it's gonna be a swap cast we got you can introduce yourself andy yeah this is andy rouse from the deep share podcast what's going on this is gonna be a fun time the deep one i, I don't mean, think we- either of us have any agenda necessarily for this evening unless you know i don't have any real important things to talk about unless it just randomly comes up i just got done doing two presentations back to back i did one on donut factory on the homunculus history and that that's not out yet but shout out to donut he got alex jones played one of his clips on alex jones show <laughs> no shit. so shout out to donut because He's a really cool guy, and hopefully that'll be out soon on the on his channel, the Homunculus Rising, the strangest story ever, story ever told, where I go deep, and I'm talking about deep on the Homunculus, and oh, I want to hear that. I did one on Pythagorean palaces, and, and I did that the number magicians, number forms, and arquitectura imaginales, uh, this thing, this research that i did on on emily moyer's show so i've I've, i'm like exhausted i'm taking a fucking break from doing any research of any kind like i'll pick up i'm reading a fiction book right now which i usually don't ever do but it's still esoteric so it's like it's gonna be it's gonna be for my other show the occult book club so uh it's gonna i'm just taking a break i'm not really looking into anything i've just been really perked up about the whole pythagorean palace Thing where That's they cool. they adhere to certain principles in order to reflect in order to encapsulate a higher dimension within that building so all the greeks built their buildings a certain way 
according to Vitruvius, and he was yes. inspired by Pythagoras and Pythagoreanism, all his number. And I relate the all his number thing to the matrix. I think that Pythagoras was right by saying all his number and if all is numbered, it's binary code and it's binary code. It's a simulation. And if there's a simulation, then there's a creator. There's a programmer. There's an architect or whatever it is. Hmm. Perhaps. Well, I mean, definitely. But I think there's a lot of nuance there that we are going to have to uncover, you know, because the, the idea that binary equals simulation is interesting when we find it in nature because that would almost be that simulation is mimicking nature not the other way around well the pythagoreans also said that everything that exists in the world is an imitation of number so i would say the entire material plane is an imitation of what exists you know unseen the theory of forms it's a it's a reflection of a higher more divine world which the problem with that is that it demeans this reality. That's does it though, or does it just put it where it is? Right. I mean, we admit this all the time in our everyday lives, right? It's not the, it's, you know, don't judge a book by its cover. Right. That's kind of what materialism is. And it's a part of life. It's a part of us. It's a part of everything. And I would say that it's, you know, to me, life is very alchemical. So the physical and the, uh, they you know, say gross interpretation of reality is uh, just as valid and important because from our, st- I mean, then again, that's from our perspective as humans. So who knows? So, I mean, maybe stepping outside of it, you see the folly in this illusion or something, but I don't, I don't know. I I have a hard time with the illusion part because it feels like a hoodwink. It feels like transhumanism. It feels like uh, when I first came back from psychedelics, when I was too young to really understand what was going on, uh, you know, you easily influenced. So the idea that everything was like quantum physics, man, and holy shit, this entire life that we're living is an illusion, man. It's fake. It's not even real. But that right there is where they hope that you're going to get off the train. Mm. And that leads to nihilism and atheism and all the rest. But if you stay on the train, you find out that it's not an illusion. It's just this is like the 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 actual thing that God or whatever consciousness has been thinking about and finally put into action. Now, how is that not valid? Right. I like that. I like that. This conversation got real deep, real quick. Real quick. So, <laughs> my 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 whole thing with that is, where well, I I agree one hundred percent with you. Where you're talking about where if they paint this the worst picture possible, if they mm-hmm. this reality is a very gnostic again platonic idea. And we're all superheroes. Remember, in a higher dimension, <laughs> it's a very platonic thought of the whole. The demiurge, because that's who who came up with the idea of uh, how this 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 body is a prison. It's a shell. It's a hollow shell, and it's it has it, it houses our soul, whatever that is, and it houses our consciousness, whatever that is. Right. And if for somehow they if they can demonize that or criminalize that, I can see where you're talking. Where they'll come in and be like, "Hey, here's the Faustian pact. Would you like to have all the knowledge ever?" 
just put this little chip right here in the back of your head, right? It's called the neural link. It's going to link mm. you to uh, consider it a hive mind and you'll be linked in there. And it's going to be great because now you can download your consciousness into this USB drive. And whenever you're feeling sick, here's altered carbon. Here's a new skin suit. Here's a new flashlight for you. And here we are. And it's just going to a click of a button. Boom. You have all your memories and everything downloaded into this new other shell, the synthetic shell now, right? Did you know that back then people married statues and statues could marry each other? Really? Is this similar to like that chick that married a bridge a couple of years back? Woman, I apologize. I'm from the 90s. I'm an asshole. (laughs) So I got this book and I was flipping through it today because by my one of my now new favorite authors, George L. Hersey, and it's called Hmm. Falling in Love with Statues. And he he goes deep and I, I don't think this is available online. You have to actually buy a copy of it. And he talks about, I was flipping through it, talks about falling in love with statues. And it just made me think of what you're talking about, about letting go of this, whatever this is and downloading your consciousness into something, a vessel. Well, right. I mean, so the way I look at it is yeah there's something about the body and the natural process that's essential, you know, and we're all, everybody's afraid of death at some level. Even those that say, you know, I ain't afraid of death. It's like, well, you're supposed to be. So that's weird. You know, it's like, it's the thing, but because of materialism and because of reduction, you know, reductionism and, you know, along with this past few years of scientism and this real huge, duality going on in science itself um you know we've allowed all of this to start like kind of taking i don't know popular or the the, po- the whole populace like more people it seems are becoming driven towards atheism now than ever before and what that includes is exactly what i was doing when i first fucking got back from psychedelics i was obsessed with carl sagan and and now i don't think degrasse tyson was around yet but like everybody that was science-based and atheism-based quantum physics like sam harris all all these guys that are so fucking materialistic and are missing half of the picture altogether right so it's like if we can make everyone atheists, everyone's going to be absolutely fucking terrified of death more than ever before. Because and even if they don't admit it, oh, I'm just going to you know not think anymore, so it's fine. Like, well, you're going to be not yourself ever again. So therefore, it's panic, it's terror until that day. Deep down. So I'm sorry I'm taking so long to get to this, but if you can make people more that way then they're going to be a lot more apt to jump into a situation where they can possibly extend this forever even if they have to give up their body as long as they don't have to lose their their thoughts and everything and of course it's a fucking trap because that's not going to ever happen you can't download the, the never <laughs> the say never bro un- oh, i'm saying never i, I don't like this idea of bringing the unnameable into this world. They've already, they've, they've tried though. I'm going to tell you how. Yeah. How? how? The ancients were talking about this, bro. The ancients. And there's something that I've always battled 
when 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 going into research about Plato and Pythagoras and and Thales of Miletus and all these guys, the the fathers of Western philosophy, because they were yeah. just so far ahead of their time for when they were alive, and we're still using stuff the Pythagorean theorem from five hundred six hundred today. That's yeah. one of the things I've always said that we're using the stuff today. These guys were magicians, and I believe that theorems and formulas and all this stuff is a way. So this is how they were okay. able to do it. This is the way. This is the all way. Right. This is the way. I'm gonna tell you right now. This is how they did it. And this is how they're doing it. So back then there was this idea that they were fascinated with the way that in court, how you're saying incorporeal, unintelligible things would transcend through different levels of reality. Now, that's just a, 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 a fancy way of saying I have this idea from the ether. It goes into my head from here. I have verbal expression. So I talk about it. I make a model or I write it down on paper and then I manifest it. So I make a building or whatever else, yeah, other medium that okay. that's it. But you're right. That's the, brilliant. That's, that's that they've done it already. They've already done yeah. it. And that's what it goes back to the, well, we do it too. <laughs> it goes back to Euclid. It goes back to Euclid. It goes back to the platonic solids and it goes back to the Cartesian coordinate system because Rene Descartes, which he's the one that talked about the mind body dualism, right? The yep. uh, uh, Cartesian philosophy. He was the, the one that I believe again, that mathematics is a form of magic. And I believe that because I have experience with computer assisted design and computer assisted manufacturing. So I know about my background is in electronics engineering and robot and programming robotics. So mm -hmm. I know about putting code into a G code into a computer and making things. And it's done through these Right, that you have the X and the Y, and then you have the Z axis. That was made by a guy in the year 1500 or whatever it was, 15th, 16th century, right? While he was right. allegedly, and I remember reading a book, I remember reading a book that the idea of the Cartesian coordinate system came to Rene Descartes while he was dreaming in a series of dreams. When I went to go back to confirm that for a presentation I did, it changed. Maybe Mandela effect, who the fuck knows? Or maybe I read it wrong and I remembered it wrong because there's a lot of information going on in my head right now. But the the story goes that he was laying in bed because he was very, he would wake up late every single day. He believed in sleeping in and all this stuff. And he would meditate, right? You have Rene Descartes meditations, one, two, and three or something like that. Mm -hmm. And he was laying in bed and he saw a fly on his ceiling. And he wanted to be able to tell someone where that fly was in accordance to the X. So it was one, two, three, and then it was up one, two, three. So it was in the X four, Y four, and there it is. And that's how the cart, one of the greatest things ever to, to revolutionize because it, it linked Euclidean geometry and algebra. And did you know that algebra meant bone setting in the 15th and 16th century, which I found really weird out the etymology of algebra meant bone setting, but Al, it reminds me of alchemy, right? Allah, yeah. the sacred. So it's mathematics. It's 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 uh, putting together the broken parts is what it what it comes down to. And it's, I believe it's Arabic, Arabic, uh, Arabic. Arabic. I think it's Arabic. I'm not sure. I have to look at it again. But anyways, this idea that from this, everything that we know today as far as 3D modeling comes from this guy. Right. Mm -hmm. And they link the two worlds together. They link the incorporeal with the physical just from that through mathematics. So math, absolutely through mathematics alone. They've been doing it since freaking 
the at least the 15th century. But they uh, they were thinking about it again when Plato and Pythagoras and all these guys were there because that was the whole thing with them. With the and Johannes Kepler, bro, he was talking about how the celestial spheres were one stacked on oh, top yeah, of each other. Yeah, all this shit, bro. Yeah, I let me refine what I. So I didn't mean it that way. I'm not what trying I to prove was, you wrong. I'm just no, no, I'm, no. I know, I know. I appreciate what you're saying. Um, what I kind of was trying to get at is that when I've said it before on the podcast that like when you come back from the ineffable, mm-hmm. the ego, the logical mind has to take over and explain it and can only use memory to put new, new information together. So I don't remember my original point that I was trying to get to with that, but that's <laughs> what I meant at least that our world is filled with, with supposition about mm-hmm. what lies outside of this little bubble we're in. I was under the impression that you were like super religious because I've seen you. I don't know if it's you. I'm pretty oh, sure it was God, you. No. I, Dude, post about religious. God and stuff. I think was that? <laughs> oh, yeah, I use I use that word very freely. Uh, I was I, but I'm not religious. No, I um, I mean, I guess you could say I'm religious about all religions because I'm fascinated by them and shit mm-hmm. like that. But I'm not, and I believe that there is some form of a creator. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's it's um, it's unknowable while we're here. And that's why pretty much every religion itself has been kind of a, it's close. It's always close. You know, there's, it's like everybody's really close to the truth because we're all human and we all have this internal experience that we, you know, we're all trying to explain the same unknowable, unnameable world. Right. Yeah. And it, it, you mentioned nihilism earlier because Nietzsche, he talked about God is dead. And everybody always goes back to, oh, he look at him. He's so God is dead. No, no, no. It's if you read the entire quote, it's God is dead and we have killed him. Right. Right. Because he believed the whole thing of if I think and I was raised religious. Right. And and I know about that whole world. I did the whole thing. And I, I think that religion does serve its purpose when used correctly. Yes. But then they used Absolutely. it. They've weaponized it now they've weaponized it and i and i just i talked to a theologian on my podcast dr lumpkin and he talked because i i always ask the same question i go where is christianity or or any or plug in any other major world religion a thousand years from now you still think we're going to be talking about your boy jc or your boy buddha or your boy Mm -hmm. muhammad or anybody else you think we're still going to remember those people or is it and he believes it's going to uh, it's going to evolve the evolution of religion. I think it's going to step away. And maybe who knows, maybe a, a thousand years from now, it's going to be a Saint Elon Musk, bro. Ugh. Or a Saint, a I mean, Saint Jeff Bezos. Can you imagine that? A, a Saint yeah, Jeff I Bezos? Can, totally. Yeah, <laughs> He's I, I ripped as fuck. <laughs> at, so like, <clears throat> yeah, that's definitely the human legacy. If we follow this idiocracy path that we're on for sure is just continuous false idol worship right i mean that's kind of what's been our bag forever and including that's the thing i totally jive with that that like religion does serve a good purpose in a lot of ways like it gives you structure and purpose well that too yeah but even on the spiritual end of it like i remember ramda saying one time that like as soon as you get it as soon as you feel it as soon as you experience it you want to go into that church that you never used to want to go into and you want to run up and down down the aisles singing all the hymns and telling everybody look right in the books it's telling you the truth it's right there 
not that in of course he wasn't christian or jesus or anything like that it was about the christ the and you know i feel like christ consciousness that phrase like i remember that term it's been around for a while but it's kind of been weaponized itself from this new age perspective and of course nobody want everybody wants to throw the baby out with the bathwater and run screaming from anything you know occultish or whatever because they think it's all evil because of shit like that you know what i mean i don't know i was i'm rambling now i can't even remember what originally i was talking about <laughs> yeah no about because uh, i think that's what i i saw you post about christ consciousness where people were using well, it yeah i don't like that well I'm, i find myself in that middle area where like i grew up well i mean when, after psychedelics initially hit me that's where i woke up that's where i was like that was my first big whoa we done dmt when I was not, yeah actually may or may not have some sitting off camera right now <laughs> dimethyl trip to me yeah that, that's shit really um, I, I, yeah, somebody a long time since i've done it though i've had the two guy people who gave me this actually said he's like the guy i got this from said you don't owe him any money because the gods told him he couldn't make money off of it anymore he had to give it away for free. <laughs> <laughs> i've had two listeners of the show already hit me up to like hey bro you want to come over and do some dmt i'm like yes person i've never met before <laughs> shout out to yeah, you <laughs> i'm gonna go over to your house and do dmt with you and and yeah. you, you know the flamarian flamarian engraving is the one where it's like the dome and the and the wizards like stepping out of it? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like that. I I think it would be ignorant to think that number one. Or before we continue, where do you stand on the yeah. whole space thing? Is it is it fake and gay for you, or is it a real thing? Like, what do you? <laughs> oh, I definitely don't think it's fake. I don't think these assholes have the ability to create, <laughs> so they have to just twist the truth. Um, you don't really f- twist that like that you know it's i think it's not what it seems i think nasa mm-hmm. is never a straight answer and it's a money laundering but it's worse than money laundering when you start getting into crowley and and uh and yeah uh, parsons you know, and them, yeah jpl and all all that whole thing you know and all those connections so it's not just money laundering i remember yeah, all of that is full of shit i'm again i find myself in the middle this is you know to connect what i was saying before just on a a different topic i talk to flat earthers but i don't i don't know that the earth is flat and i don't think the earth is flat Mm. i would be open to it if it was i wouldn't be standing there like bullshit i'd be like okay cool okay what was i missing my friends were convinced or what does it change but what's that well yeah i mean i think it changes some things you know but because well to me it's like there's a lot of spheres in mathematics there's a lot of, I mean, is that part just fake? You know, uh, sacred geometry also, it's all about these, uh, you know, as above, so below. And I actually asked a man that I legit respect, uh, Eric, Eric Dubay. Mm-hmm. I asked him like, you know, what do you think of as above, so below? Because I know you have a lot of interests outside of flat earth and you don't fall towards the Christian side of things. You're more esoteric. You love all this kind of shit. What about as above, so below? How does that fit? And he he just he told me about Yggdrasil, and I was like, oh, cool, that's awesome, thank you, really okay, that clears some things up for me. But I walked away going, all right, but that's always been to me a <laughs> cognitive model of consciousness, not of a physical Earth yeah. or what we're living on, mm-hmm. like that whole 
Yggdrasil tree is so utterly, and as is all the other models of the earth from these ancient symbolic, you know, which is my favorite religions. These were not, you know, I know that we go hard to get literal translations versus metaphor in religion. And it's, it's a really, it's such a difficult crux to be a part of because like, I believe that there's both. There is mm-hmm. a lot of literalism in religion and all the mythologies, but there's also metaphor. And I think they're all stewed up together and it's very, it takes a long time and we're missing like, we're missing like the keys to how we should be separating things. If yeah. That makes sense. The, the code and my, my favorite earth cosmology shape orientation, whatever. There's this book from the 1800s called Christian topography. Interesting. And it talks about how the earth, it, the universe and the earth is, uh, in the shape of a tabernacle, but it's also like a chest. So you open it in the top. Oh yeah. Almost like, but I'll pull it up, but it's really interesting. It's really, yeah, that sounds cool. I want to see this. Um, speaking of hollow earth, I would, I would rather say like cavernous earth. You know, I think it's probably more like that. And if there's like cities down there and shit and people or something, that'd be pretty cool. And I think it's possible. Maybe there's cave systems, the size of fucking Manhattan, you know? Oh, there is though, dude. Have you ever seen the, I believe it's the, I don't know how to say it's Vietnamese Dong Nong cave. I believe I'll pull it up. Hold on. I haven't. So that's not that one. No, there was one in China recently, right? That was like, no, not not that one. I have another one. So this is from the book from the, from the 1800s Christian topography. And it's, this is the the model of the earth. So you have the sun and you have the, the, the moon, I believe. And it's like a mountain and it's in the shape of something about the tabernacle and all this crazy. Let me, let me, Dude, so here. basically what that showed me was a firmament in the form of uh, a chest. Here, cosmology. Put forward the that. idea that the world is flat. So it's actually one of the first books ever to talk about the world being flat. And it was around the five, uh, 550 AD. And it's got all these weird pictures. And let's see here. Originally written in Greek with illustrations and maps, his view of the flatness of the world the world may have been influenced by some Jewish and Eastern contemporaries. While most of the Christians of the same period maintained that earth was a sphere, the work advances that the idea that the world is flat and that the heavens form the shape of a box with a curved lid and especially attacks the idea that the heavens were spherical and in motion now known as the geocentric model of the universe. Wow. Okay. Right on. So shout out to that guy. So it is, flat so here's the earth but then the celestial what we see is in the shape of a lid so it's almost like pandora's box i guess because it's kind of has to do i mean it said it was greek the first translation that's also a i believe it's a greek which is weird because nothing comes from greek nothing comes from latin that's a fucking lie yeah i've seen that (laughs) if you look at any word and type in origin next to it you're always going to come to latin and that's all they're going to say about mm, it. Interesting. Yeah. Horseshit. Interesting. Interesting. Was it? Yeah. So that, but think about it, bro. His story. So that's all. That's his as, story. Literally. As far as we can go, as far as it comes to 
history is like the oldest piece of literature is the Epic of Gilgamesh, but it doesn't mean that they weren't writing stuff. That was maybe. the oldest surviving right. piece of literature. Yeah. Doesn't mean that maybe a flood washed the other shit away, like the Library of Alexandria and all that stuff. But back to this Hollow Earth, because that's that's where I stand. That's the camp that I really that makes my nipples hard. A Hollow Earth, where well, because a Hollow Earth doesn't even have to really mess with a lot of the. I mean, dare I say narrative, like I'm not that I'm trying to believe the narrative, but you know, if, if the earth is around in a way and it's like, that's a lie they couldn't get away with or something. I don't know. I, I, I don't know how it would work, but I would still think that a hollow earth could be applicable, you know, without, so it's too many people off, right? Song Dong Vietnam. It's the world's biggest cave system. And you talked about having uh, systems as big as Manhattan. Well, check this cave system out. And my buddy lives, he lives a few hours away from this in Vietnam. And look at the tents here, bro. And look at this entire cave. This is I've seen that. Yeah. So That's the, the this yeah. is a person, bro. So the wait time to get in here is super long. Cause I told my, when my buddy first told me about this, I was like, dude, I want to go. We should go there and camp out or whatever. Cause yeah, dude, yeah. it's literally an entire ecosystem. There are only there are certain species of animals only found within this cave system. And it's got its own atmosphere. It, it produces its own clouds. It produces its own oxygen because it's got an entire rainforest on the inside of it. So you're going to tell me that at one point in time, there was maybe some civilization that thrived within the look at look at Darren Kuyu, right? Miles and miles and miles of an underground city. That, that was built for what? Oh, to defend the Muslims and the Byzantine Empire. And all this. No, it's bullshit, bro. There was no way that you <laughs> could have built that fast enough before you knew that they were coming, right? Like it, it does. It doesn't add up. Like mainstream, mainstream, mainstream. The mainstream educational system is a Rockefeller byproduct. We know this. They took over all that shit. Yeah. All the textbooks. They write all the textbooks and all this Absolutely. stuff and all the information that we're getting. And the thing is, is they've been writing shit forever and most of the books they haven't wanted around are gone. Or I would say all of them, but because to me, it's like, even when we talk about like, oh, 13 bloodlines or this or that, it's like, and then we name all the names. It's like, there's all the bad guys. It's like, you ever, you remember that movie Last Action Hero with, with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger? I don't think I ever saw that movie, bro. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. It doesn't matter. But yeah, it's just like, it's such a, it's, it seems like a cop out to me where it's like, oh yeah, those are all the bad guys. Go get them. It's like that they're giving us those names. Like all the names that we could say out loud, we're probably not, we're, I don't think we're on the right course. I agree. You know, I agree. The I ones mean, that I you don't know about right. is the ones that you need to worry about. Yeah. I mean, and we're not talking like, oh, that guy, like, you know, doesn't act like he's in charge, but he is, you know, he's, he's in charge of a defense company, but he's kind of running the country behind Bush's back. And that's not what we're talking about. We know those names. We know all of their names. Those are not, you know, even Rothschild and all that still front families for something much more inner circle. I think how wild this is, bro. So what ends up happening is that and I've seen how this is formed in, in a document. I think it was a documentary or something and what you're talking about in China. But essentially, there's years and years of buildup of rock. And then it's like it's like Swiss cheese on the inside. And eventually uh, an open part of pocket will break up to the surface. How you see here. And that's what lets all the light in in order for an entire forest like this one down here to start growing. So you have these openings 
where the light comes in and that's where you get all this vegetation starting to grow because you have the underground you have water that runs all throughout this so if it has water and has sunlight boom you get the plants and it starts to grow yeah man how how crazy is this planet yeah yeah it's amazing so i totally agree that it could there could be massive massive undiscovered or you know hidden caves that have probably they're probably in conjunction with a number of bases like how many dumbs did they say are supposedly around the world internationally like 57 or maybe 157 i can't remember oh what would you say like the dumbs, the deep underground military bases. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like at some point, there was like a number thrown out, like how many are supposedly around the world, and it's whether it was fifty or one hundred and fifty. Either way, fifty is pretty ridiculous, and they're probably in areas that have access to these underground cave systems. I wouldn't doubt at all. Like that's the thing about like ancient aliens, uh, the Gaia show, ancient civilizations, like all those kind of shows that are kind of like hokey and they seem pr- like programming. They're just programming it with like fucking ancient aliens, but to me, it's all ancient humans. It's yeah. like this is real, and we know two percent of what really has been going on human-wise on this planet mm-hmm. since since our conception, because we've been around a lot, lot longer than they say. I yeah. had um, Michael Cremo of Forbidden Knowledge or Forbidden Archaeology uh, on my show early on, like a year and a half ago. And he, him and his team found human remains that were in unagitated sediment that was 4 million years old. What? But of course he's been discredited and you know, all that. That's fucking crazy, bro. (laughs) And excuse me. Yeah. I think there was a more recent Brandon from expanding reality uh, podcast. Shout out to Brandon. He posted something today about something that was like two million he stays fire he, he stays posting some fire bro yeah yeah man lately holy shit he's been throwing out some crazy stuff he's been finding some wild wild things mm-hmm. and one of them was this like two million year old modern human tooth that was discovered recently so i don't know if this is the video that i saw originally but this is a sinkhole that opened up in china that led to this discovery of this massive cave system i don't think it's the oh, one where it's the underground here we go right here this is the one the mystery yeah this is 47 minutes long. i'll send you this but essentially they found underground underground forests and i don't know if it was the same sinkhole or not but dude these guys i watched this entire thing it's really fascinating and they go around they talk about how these places are formed dude and check this out i'm gonna find one where they're climbing up and you see just the massiveness so they're trying to find certain rock in here that would that would tell them like how it was made or whatever and they're yeah. trying to find it and study it but dude they go into this cave so they're swimming in this water dude i don't know if you've ever seen these these under underground oh, yeah, cavern man. horror dude, the movies Descent is one of yes. my favorite horror movies of all time and my buddy and i walked into that theater thinking this was just going to be some cheese ball horror flick like let's just laugh for an hour and a half we walked out of there like i am never going spelunking check this out bro ever look at this <laughs> So they zoom out and you see the massiveness of the Dude. of this place. That's the thing about cave systems and this. mountains. When you try to photograph and film yeah. trips down caves and up mountains, this dude fainted. You bring it back home, it's never the right magnitude. Like it never delivers that. But that's pretty good right there. That's a pretty intense shot that. right there. 
Wow. Damn, dude. I'm afraid thing, of heights. For those listening, this thing is like this opening is like the size of wow. Like a building. So it's imagine like I like building. to I like to envision how the the ancient people would have would have lived. Imagine let me pull this up again. Imagine and I'm we'll post the 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 video version. Imagine seeing a a cave opening like this as some prehistoric man, right? You have your little loincloth, right? Covering your balls or whatever. And you got the sphere in your hand and seeing something like this, bro, you would think like, this is the entrance to another dimension, to another Absolutely. entire world. Right. And that's why they whatever saw we thought of as kids. That's how a primitive man would have probably thought. And it goes back to how you were talking about these occult groups that they, understood what ancient man was talking about and that's why you have a lot of secret societies that go underground into caves you have freemasons who go into cave systems to do their thing right probably a lot of butt stuff who knows but they do their thing <laughs> and it goes back to this it talks to our primal nature that's why storytelling talks to our primal nature and that's why people that's why people are so drawn to it all these podcasts about storytelling it goes back it talks to that N number one, that inner child, and then that an ancestral man within everybody. And it's Absolutely. like, oh, I, lo I love a good story. I love a good movie. I love the good entertainment. It goes back to the time where they didn't have movies or entertainment or anything like that. And they were just drawing on the cave walls. And I also learned that they were drawing on the cave walls things, not because it looked good, but because they used them as talismans in order to invoke whatever they were painting. So they were painting a buffalo they wanted to invoke a buffalo they were practicing magic they wanted to they thought that they, they that's why hieroglyphs are literal depictions there there there's nothing supernatural about hieroglyphs because the ancient egyptians believed that if they drew a donkey in this world you know a donkey from this world and it had two bags two saddlebags the donkey that they were going to draw in that world this this picture world this mundus imaginalis world this imaginary world that's not fake but it's real it's like in between whatever they needed to depict it like the real one because in that world that donkey couldn't handle four bags it could only handle the two that the real donkey here can handle so when they would mm -hmm. paint things they wouldn't paint things like all crazy obviously they had their mythology but they took it as literal fact but and i believe that the mythology starts to evolve from because they believe that these these pictures as well was a way to invoke their gods right it was another and you have all the dynasties and everything so they had an evolution of their religion and everything else as time went on but i i learned that recently that they were painting pictures of animals in order to invoke them so people either hunters and gatherers see here's the it sounds like primitive manifestation right or probably way advanced <laughs> because there was no blockage probably going. oh yeah no, no past traumas really other than real traumas that they had to physically deal with <laughs> and get over yeah let's see you know i look at i try to look at things like really fractal fractally and all that and and the individual versus the you know humankind the, the micro to the macro and i look at the behavior of children and infants and things like that. And I wonder if there were periods of human history that represented those younger ages in a man's life, you know, use the archetype, right? Um, because all the, the, 
you know, all the moments, all the stories that come from one's life, you can kind of see those stories mapped out onto humanity as well. These big ups and downs. Like I often say that just as an individual goes into psychotherapy and hypnotic regression or whatever to face their fears and face their past traumas so they can move forward in the present. That's kind of what we're doing. We're digging through our collective history right now and all the shit's coming out of the closet, up and out of the ground, all the bones are coming up. We're digging through our collective traumas of humanity, which some of it's, you know, based on other humans doing horrible things, but other traumas are probably from natural things that occurred. You know, a devastating asteroid hitting the planet per se, that not only causes like massive death everywhere and extinctions, but like for those that survive, it causes massive, horrible lives for generations which on a mental level, on a cognitive level, on a raising children level, on a, you know, that is stress, anxiety, fear, just hatred, all the, everything that breeds from a destruction, destructive force like that, right? It's very similar to a child having a horrible, abusive, you know, upbringing or something. It's, it's micro to macro. So I, I, what you're saying about these cave drawings, it's like, man, you often hear, about children being much closer to source or closer to God. And it's like, that's why they can sometimes see things, you know, this and that. It's like, well, then maybe man itself, the species was more in tune and more, it all came natural more back then, which is interesting. What I don't know if you covered any of this stuff in the homunculus tales, but like the idea that perhaps through maybe not the established version of of uh evolution the way they tell it but maybe a broader spectrum maybe they're giving us half truth or something through evolution you know we kind of um evolved out of animals so animals are like the ultimate in tune or something you know i don't know i'm kind of getting out there now but whoa uh i mean the idea of mankind being more in tune back then makes sense it, it talks to the idea of ayahuasca being able to even be produced 50 million species of plants in the amazon and these guys figured out that you can only trip balls if you mix it with this mao inhibitor <laughs> and make it edible and but imagine how many people died trying to figure that out <laughs> Maybe, or maybe they picked the first one and it was right because they say the plants told them. The plants told them. That's that's the trickiest part. I've heard that interpreted as, well, that was the fallen angels. Like, okay, let's hold that. Let's not throw that away. Let's use what people mean by fallen angels. Let's go into all the archetypes. Let's go into all the the traits and personalities. And what's the symbolism behind these fallen angels? Well, maybe it relates to what we would agree with if we threw it out anyway i don't know if that made any sense like okay it's not fallen angels what is it it's the plants well it's in it's uh it's a communication between mankind and and the 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 plant life okay well that speaks to lower vibrational you know that speaks to what they say in the bible about the the serpent anyway it's you'll you know you'll, you'll be low with the animals and all that kind of shit so it does relate to the fallen angels even if you want to throw it away and not believe that it's fallen angels. Fine. But you can still, it's the archetype stays the same. It's all the same fucking story. Oh, so yeah, yeah, just, yeah. The- know, I guess I'm taking the, the horror and fear out of it, right? It's like, yeah, you can interpret it that way. But along those same 
archetypal lines following all the you know the history and the characters of who these fallen angels were and what they represented well yeah they represent this lower vibrational in tune with nature baseline reality what is is kind of mentality i don't know if that was a stretch but yeah <laughs> I, you're not you're not too far-fetched i mean that's the whole darwinism thing right that man was the from this primordial ooze and then there was like this tadpole that popped up and then that tadpole like grew legs and it turned into like some serpent and then Frog, that turned yeah. into like whatever else right like that's the whole that's the whole thing right so you have a reptilian form during you, while we're you know before we're born yes you know, early on yeah yeah you look like a little lizard person and i think some people maybe grow are, out are of all that. the ultrasounds just cgi <laughs> well are we gonna go ki- that far like, kind of but I, I like that though i like that and <laughs> the the homunculus thing it's it's the artificial man but it comes from oh, true, true. it comes from aristotelian biology which aristotle again back to to this whole thing that he was inspired by Pythagoras, Aristotle. Whoa, who would have thought? Oh, Pythagoras. Pythagoras was the one that came up with spermism, and Pythagoras was the one that, that came up with eugenics. Pythagoras, this is Pythagorean thought. So no wonder he's revered by these secret societies like the Freemasons and whoever else, and they have statues of him. Like I had a buddy of mine uh, who's a Freemason. He has the Freemason journal. He's like, hey, look, they have Pythagoras in this in this month's yeah, journal. <laughs> I'm like, oh. Cool. Well, I mean, it goes back to that whole thing, but they believe that everything was either spontaneous generation or sexual generation. And it was really misogynist. And I get into that whole thing on the, on the donut episode. I'll send it to you. I have, I have yeah, a link I'm very to pumped to hear that, man. Cause I, I remember, I honestly haven't listened or watched donut in a long time, but I remember like from years ago, he was everywhere. He yeah. Was, posting so much awesome content probably still is probably just extremely shadow banned or something but yeah, I, i'm excited to hear that man i did that episode on his show not the two own horn but he did say it was the best episode he's ever done so oh, that's great that you always know. feels nice <laughs> dude one thing that really i love is when i guess is like that's a great question i go fuck yeah you. man dude, fuck like, yeah. say it again <laughs> I did well. Are you telling me you did okay? Like you're fucking trying to hold it. Oh, yeah. I've had that happen too <laughs> after a guest has like paused for a good few seconds. I'm like, fuck. He's <laughs> like, that is it. I never thought of it that way. I'm like, oh, okay. Fucking, you just. Yeah, <laughs> <me there first. laughs> uh, the thing is, I can get a mental picture that, like, like well, and you're just like, oh shit! And like this inner monologue, like what's going? Like some an- you know, like an anime when they freeze and like they go yeah. into like his head. He's like, look oh, at all like, it's like all in his head and shit. And the lines are just behind him. Yeah. Oh shit, bro! It's hilarious. Yeah, but that I love that one when I guess it's like, yeah, that's a really good question. I'm like a fuck yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. Um, what was I've I had even the saying? Opposite too. I've had like, do you think you could try to ask me that in another way? In other words, that was a fucking garbage-ass question. It's it's great, too, because it, it like, I knew that I had something there. So, okay, thank you. I get to articulate it again. Because, I mean, dude, speaking off the cuff all the time is, like, man, it's pretty wild. (laughs) You know, there's no, I, I don't cut anything. I don't edit anything, you know. I just put it out there. 
So <laughs> you just uh, you just I'm have just the, <laughs> the the guest is like, man, this guy's got some really shitty questions today. Well, just yeah, no shit, right? Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> he just logs out, bro. He's like, man, fuck this guy in his interviews. He, I can't I even start tracking like how stoned or not stoned I am. Well, dude, I don't wonder, like I don't smoke on shows. I actually do, and most of the time it's a it's a good thing because I actually think more out of the box anyway, and come up with more questions mostly it's the type of weed though i think if i smoke indica i'm fucked Don't, yeah I, rap. Usually, I usually wouldn't during the day but, it's a wrap yeah. yeah no i i only do sativas just because of that and i and i i recently i i mean i i got stoned the other day because i fucking ran my knee into the side of my bed and it's like a like a corner like that dude and i Ugh. bro it hurts so my, I saw stars, dude, and I'm just like in the room, like, like on the floor, and my wife's like, "What's going on?" I'm like, "I'm not just, I'm just making noise. I'm not even saying words." So I got stoned the other day because my fucking knee hurt, but I had taken a break for like almost like two months before that, and my my dreams came back. And yeah, I, was, I think you were telling me that when we were talking with Dan. That's was I pretty wild? Well, you were talking about being on a break then, maybe. I don't know. I yeah, can't, maybe. I thought you mentioned something. Or maybe I heard you talk about it. I don't know. Uh, who now knows? I'm in another dimension. No, I, 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 I recently cool, talked I've about it on that. a Swapcast, I think. I've heard that, you're, that your dreams come back, and I really... I do miss my dreams. I miss nightmares. Like, they were getting really interesting as I got older. <laughs> like, what do you... Like... So do you remember, because uh, uh, this is what the, the science says, that if, if you something in THC inhibits you from, not, not that you don't dream, but it inhibits you from being able to remember your dreams. I remember listening yeah. to that, on, actually on a Joe Rogan podcast, like yeah, once I, a I fucking upon a time. And uh, this idea, because after, after they came back, I was able to recall my dreams, dude, like to the fucking T. But... That's awesome. It's also because I did this thing that I read in this. I forgot where I got it, but it's this. It's called the skull fuck method, where you're supposed to be able to remember dreams better, and you're supposed mm-hmm. to picture a, a a giant blue dick fucking the 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 hole at the bottom of your skull. <laughs> so you just think of a watchman go dick. On. Just go. So you're supposed to. Uh, lay down right in, in the dead man pose so you're just like this and apparently homie Romy told me it was yogic or something like that i had another guy tell me it was freemason uh, freemasonic and anyways so you lay down like this and you picture a, a light so a, a huge dick coming up from your from your feet and as the dick is coming up your body you you picture it uh, illuminating your entire body and it, <laughs> as it gets further and further through your body right you're going to insert it right into your fucking skull, like the base of your skull. And allegedly it's, I don't know. Bro. <laughs> hey, but you have 95, 95% retention rate in your dreams. And it's helped me, bro. I promise you. It sounds fucking crazy. Wild. It sounds. That, yeah, it does. It sounds like something like you come back to and be like, hey, it didn't work. What? You actually tried it, man. <laughs> Well, that's that's the whole thing, cause like I have people, cause I'm not a practicing occultist, but I do read about the right. occult a lot, and I have people like, don't you ever want to, like, I don't know, fucking try whatever you're fucking reading about? I go, yeah, sure. I mean, but it's like it's like the Faustian pack. How much are you willing to give up? So, I mean, I'll picture a blue dick 
coming up from my feet until the fucking bottom of my skull. I'll do that. But am I going to fucking try and summon Baphomet or something? That's like what I was telling you before the show where you wonder where some people and, and dude, I'll, any major religion, if you really think about it is from some sort of divine intervention. So the idea that I proposed to you at the beginning, before we start recording that I always try and, Whenever I'm doing research, I'm looking for that next, uh, you know, shot of dopamine and this, the, 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 oh, you know, that, that fucking, oh, shit. I love that feeling where it fucking blows your mind. So I'm, I'm looking for that next moment. And it always seems like some researchers are always, they go harder in the paint than you do. Harder in the fucking paint. And like these famous researchers, I'm like, fuck, where do they get their information from? And quite literally, there are some who have admitted to getting it from other worldly sources, other worldly entities, other things outside this realm of existence. So not from a book, you know, not from a book. No, no. From some other thing outside the fabric of reality. Who are we? Okay. 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 This is awesome. And we got to talk about it because I don't think you're talking about what I'm thinking, but it matches up it parallels perfectly. You just kind of described the entire UFO community. <laughs> well, I described any major world religion, even, well, true, even, true, yeah. even the code of Hammurabi was of divine intervention. The 10 commandments was divine intervention. Sure, All yeah, these absolutely. things were, Muhammad had a prophetic vision, right? From an angel or something right. like that. And that's, one of the world's major religion. John D and Edward Kelly and John D and Edward Kelly talking to angels for knowledge is not out of the realm of, of, of possibility. Yeah, I guess, I mean, it's no, it's definitely not out of the realm of of possibility that they were doing these things. Um, Kind of lost where I was going to go with that. It's just that, um, so I'm going to type the person's name. Well, this is what I was going to go with, with that is that again, like I said earlier, it's that ecstatic, ineffable, shocking, perturbing conscious experience that your ego is just wrecked by, you're helpless, you're in the arms of fate, and then you come back to your egoic state with your right-brained logical thinking and have to make sense of it using memory <laughs> and any and nothing new, just all the, your old archetypes that, that you have to build things around because that's how the brain works here, at least. Mm-hmm. So all of these people that have, and me included, my message, everything, every, everyone, it's coming from something inside of us, something that's outside of us, whatever. There is no inside outside in reality. And we try to name it when we get back here every time. And it's close but there's always some part of you or your your ego in there that goes along with it and that can be said not just on an individual level but on a cultural level too you know and that goes for the ufo community as well but even talking about religions it's the same thing talking looking at people in the ufo community that have this mm. insane this extremely powerful proud arrogant Stockholm syndrome for the government and just bow down to every new puppet that comes along to tell us the truth about aliens yeah man 
I want to believe, but I absolutely fucking don't. <laughs> to you by Pfizer. So we're talking about two completely different things, by the way. We're going in two different directions. I just needed to, yeah. I'm going to come back. I sent you a questions. private message. Don't say what it says. Because <laughs> there are people listening. Fair enough. Quite literally, there are people listening, but... Eventually, the truth will be out there. But what I was talking about is people who intentionally initiate this relationship with this other thing on the outskirts of reality. And because if you think about a UFO abduction or a person who had an experience of the phenomenon, mm-hmm. they didn't. I mean, you could say that they were that they were that they were projections of their psyche because it goes back to what the fucking Alistair Cuckley is what I call him. Alistair Crowley talked about how Goetia, Goetic magic is actually different sections of our brain. So it's, it's things within our brains that we're able to, to control. Right. So it's not demons. No, no, there's parts of your mind, parts of your subconscious. And it's what Carl Jung talked about, about the, the subconscious, the dark self. And I've also heard that, with all these of crossing the abyss and path working, right? Occultists and bornless ritual ones where they, they, they cross the abyss of the tree of life and all this shit in order to kill, kill off the ego. I've also heard that if you're able to manifest your dark self, it will show you the secrets of reality. Like that's, that's, I've heard it put that way. And it's goes back to what, you know, we're talking about, a divine intervention or demonic intervention, but you have the book of the law, you have the Alamantra workings, you have the Cairo workings where you had these entities present themselves to Crowley and he wrote books on them through a medium. So again, it's these, the outer skirts of reality, John D and Edward Kelly, they were talking to other worldly entities. And if you read the descriptions and I've read the actual source material, the actual Latin source material of John D and Edward Kelly of their seances, because they were, doing seances and they were taking copious notes and they were doing seances for up to 12, 10, 12 hours a day, bro. Mm-hmm. And a lot of their descriptions, I relate them to bro, to the Palladians, right? The, the, like the, the almost Nordic looking type of alien, the, yeah. their descriptions of some of these entities, some of these emperors, and and uh, they had they had emperors and governors, right? They had these governors, which are like princes of hell and shit. I don't I don't know. It's something really crazy. But when they describe it, I go, it almost sounds like a like they're that they're talking to some sort of alien, like some it is an alien thing. And the what they were what it was revealing to them, allegedly one of the ones gave John D a ring, and it was the same angel that gave Solomon the ring to control the demons. And you have the twelve seals of Solomon. And all these mm-hmm. things. And it was the same one. And it even tells John D. Again, because this is all written by him. So who the fuck knows if he even, he even was making this up. But he t- <laughs> the angel's like, yeah, I was there when, when I gave a ring to Solomon. You know what I mean? Yeah. I actually know that story. Well, we, Dan and I uh, have actually briefly unfortunately we'll have now that we're talking about it, I'd like to maybe dig back into it. But we were thinking about at one point digging into their work because of that description because of course i don't know you've you know the whole box saga thing is you know we're enraptured by that idea at least where that sparks 
into a million other ideas about history. And then, you know, I've been looking into so many different cultures, folklores, and it's always telling and it's always revealing of, of these humans that were, you know, these Nordic people, basically these tall, white haired, blue eyed, green eyed, red hair, blonde hair. It seems to, in all the arc, like you mentioned, just joking, you know, maybe he made all this up too. I don't know if it's that, but when we were looking up a couple passages, it was like, well, that relates to this and that really, it, it all related to a lot of symbolism in box saga and things like that. And it would go and like, not just the same symbolism, but used in the same, the correct context where it would be referring to the same meaning of the symbol. So when those coincidences happen around saga, it's weird because it always happens in folklore and religion and things like that. But it also, with my eyes looking at the UFO shit, it's always happening with certain alien races too, where it's like, well, that sounds like maybe breakaway civilization, not aliens from another planet. Like I, I you know, I, well, so I'm you're trying to get a, so you're trying I don't to believe ancient aliens. I'm not saying that we're not being visited now or something like who knows what's going on, what the government's trying to mm-hmm. cover up and put a bunch of straw things in front of, you know, whatever that is, that's something else. But our ancient alien shit, that's a way to hide history. Mm-hmm. Folklore is all about the fair folk. You know, we've talked mm-hmm. about this. That that that's what I'm talking about. So yeah. You should have Jared Murphy on, bro. What does he talk about? It's not aliens worse. It's us. I and absolutely he, love that. And I think I might have heard that before. Yeah. So and he, cool. he gets into that. the whole thing yeah. of, of again, it wasn't aliens. It's us. It's an, a highly advanced human being. And he talks about the black aether where, uh, this, how the uh, Amazon rainforest was an out of control botanical garden. And they, they've always told us, oh, it's too dense for anybody to live here. And here they are clearing it away. It's like, oh, entire cities, <laughs> entire settlements of, oh, oh, that means people would have had to, oh, okay. So people did live there. Now, yeah. what's going on with history? It's, 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 you got to back up. And I understand that we're not going to get everything 100%. I mean, if people don't even no, know. We don't even know how the fuck they built the pyramids. We don't even know what they were built for. So the idea that we're going to be able to, to decipher anything, but when pe- when these individuals, these lizard-like people, the the establishment, the authority, the archons, whatever they may be, when yeah. they become the truth, when they push that upon everybody else and know this is the truth, that's what bothers me. When they tell oh, you, you know how many miles there are in, in a light year, bro? seven trillion miles begin to fucking comprehend that x planet is a hundred light years away or two thousand light years away or something or other and one light year is seven trillion miles yeah how did how does that even begin to make any sense at all it doesn't like to the rational mind you mean yeah how the fuck do you imagine seven trillion you need abstract right mathematics i mean like you said from the very beginning it's the abstract you know it, it the incorporeal materializes everything it, yeah it brings the uh, incorporeal into the corporeal and i guess only by symbolism because i can i have symbolically i have this 
telescope here that I have. Oh, that's beautiful. It's, awesome. It's, it's back in I here somewhere, one. anyways. But and I can look at these celestial bodies like if they're right there. But then you're gonna, you know, I've looked at Saturn. I've looked at all these nebulas. I've looked at everything. That's awesome. And you're gonna tell me that it's trillions of miles, billions of miles away. That's crazy, and I can see it from the from this tube that I have. <laughs> it's you know what's funny. Can I just? I, I, it's wild, and I, I, it's like, I think, um, shit. Where was I? <laughs> um, just like the whole space is fake thing. Like I get it, you know. Like I get why it it's presented Me that too. way a lot of times, but at the same time, I don't. I, don't, I just you know this whole idea that they're selling us a chaotic massive universe to make us feel small like take the they out of that if any if anyone is preaching humbleness it's god because anytime i've ever been in a for me it was psychedelics for the most part in those vulnerable states of spiritual understanding and coming to grips with reality and all those kind of moments it was humbling if anything and that's what getting down on your knees when you know you're in church or whatever it is like that's what that's about anyway it's the whole symbolism behind god and you know the almighty right so yeah i don't know that's how i feel about i'm gonna it. read this quote give me one second i think it's just humbling on for a good reason yeah and it also shows us the fractal nature of everything you know yeah i got a i got a bunch of fucking books on <laughs> that's awesome yeah so, i had i i need a bookshelf in here that matches these weird walls simulacra and simulation Ooh. john baldriard right yeah and i've seen that before i don't know if you showed me or someone else did but that looks from the matrix very intriguing. so the one of my favorite quotes and it's right at the beginning of the book because you're talking about experiencing god right Yes. Understanding what God is and seeing him and feeling him and all this stuff. Yes. The simulacrum is never what hides the truth. It is the truth that hides the fact that there is none. The simulacrum is true. So at all these establishments and all these things, they've taken these images and they've turned it into the deity. Yes. That's a simulacrum. It's an empty it's symbol. It's a representation of yeah. the divine. But some communities never supposed to be worshipped. Never supposed to be worshipped. But then I have this book that talks about how people were falling literally in love with statues. And then Absolutely. I was I was reading here Idiot. that they would sacrifice. So we talked about artificial intelligence and all this shit at the beginning, or artificial mm. life. And yeah. in short, I'm going to read an excerpt. In short. Real people could marry statues, statues could marry each other, and real people and statues could both be sacrificed. Not a matter of artificial life, this time you might say, but artificial death. And wow. this guy, bro, I came across him by accident. Yeah. While actually doing some research on John D. and Edward Kelly, actually, about, oh, nice. about mirrors and catoptrics, uh, which is... The, uh, you know, the idea of taking mirrors and reflecting everything out into each other. And back then, John D was real big into this, where they believed that the, that it, you could use the soul as a sort of mirror in order to yeah. project 
the astro, this 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 light that was coming from the divine or something, and you could infuse that into your real world. That's magic. Is Al Kindi, which is an Arabic philosopher and one of the fathers of of optics, he talked about how everything is light. Everything mm-hmm. is light. Everything is an emanation yeah. of light. And I believe that the people who can control that light are the magicians, are the people who can bend reality and and, sure. and put it on their world. Because when you have two lights coming together, it's an alchemical process and that has an effect. And that has its own effect. So my light interacting with your light has one effect. Your light mm-hmm. interacting with your wife's light has th- that effect and your children and all this stuff. And there's people who can manipulate that light and turn it around and all this stuff. I, the thing is, we're all manipulating it. They just, they've been initiated to understand how to do it so you don't destroy yourself. But unfortunately, they've also gained some, the idea that you can basically sacrifice others in order to gain your own for your own will you know it goes like, back to the faustian know, pack bro how much are you willing to give up andy to know and everything in the to, universe bro to, it speaks to like the the again the 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 middle ground with crowley and shit like yeah he crowley was was the piece of shit crowley was a piece of shit and uh i would say a lot of the ways in which on the like the public facing side of what he spoke about magic was a twisted perversion of what we all kind of naturally do all the time and to what degree it's it's really interesting like i think a lot of us are a little aware and then a little more aware and then a little more aware and and it's so subtle and on what level it's kind of like being awake like we call ourselves awake in this community but like to what degree like, i hate oh, that I'm word awake. i'm awake because q told me what was going on is that awake right like yeah sure they're not buying into the democratic craziness that's going on okay you got one point there you still you know what i mean we're all none of us are awake we're all fooling them fooling ourselves but <laughs> i yeah i i I can't remember where I was going with that, really, but there was something. That happens to you a lot, doesn't it, Andy? Yeah, yeah. It's probably because I'm actually smoking indica tonight. (laughs) Yeah, dude. I I think that the truth is stranger than fiction. And I don't know, man. Like, my dad died four times, bro. You know, I don't know anybody else who's died more times than my dad. All right. That's wild. He died four times. And when I asked him when he came back, I was like, bro, how was it? Did you fucking go through Dante's Inferno and battle, you know, Virgil was next to you and you were going through all the, you know, the spheres of hell and stuff like that. What was going on? Were you in heaven? And JC was like, yo, what's up? You know, he's like, nah, it was nothing. I'm like what? Not a fucking thing. Really? As in, he doesn't remember anything. I, like he was waking up from a he dream. He said he doesn't either. remember anything, bro. Nothing. Okay. He didn't all see right. his fucking grandpa. He didn't see his grandma. He didn't see nobody, bro. Want to hear my fucked up version of death? You had a near death experience? Yeah. Well, I so I can't say I did. I had psychedelic experiences that, for some reason, when I read your death experiences, sure. I had one of those too, and I saw Baphomet. So, (laughs) oh man, that's intense. No, mine was more like understanding the cycles of things and seeing how, like, at least in this version, this is how my right brain logical thinking has put it together so it's probably not accurate it's probably like a little bit accurate that 
it's that atheism is true and faith is true at the same time <laughs> and reincarnation is real but there's no afterlife it's almost like we have a period Whoa. in between of contemplation and then we're back here and when we realize that in real life like it suddenly like in that moment in that trip i was like oh so that's why people commit suicide on drugs like Oof. on psychedelics sometimes it's not because they think they can fly they want they, they want to start over once they realize that it's just an endless fucking cycle and oh, that's can't fuck, stop it. bro yeah so no i'm not saying it's true i'm saying that that's what was imbued by this experience now granted this was the same trip that hours earlier could have been seconds right i don't know but thousands of years earlier in that trip i was being hugged by god itself and himself herself whatever itself telling me that everything always was and always is and always will be okay mm -hmm. and so Unfortunately, my right brain has reconciled both of those together because, of course, mm -hmm. even if you say nothing's okay, have you ever seen I Heart Huckabees? See it if you haven't because it's a it's way trippier. It's kind of put out there as like this poppy comedy, but it's way deep. I Heart Huckabees? Yeah, check that out. And it's there's a scene where this guy's having a breakdown and like these guru people are there watching it. And he's like nothing's okay and they're like if nothing's okay then it's okay and they keep like <laughs> repeating this thing and it sounds horrible it sounds nihilistic on the face of it right it just sounds scary but when you really look into it no thing is okay so it's like the concept of nothing mm -hmm. i understand there's no such thing as a con you know mm -hmm. what i mean it's like a paradox there so it doesn't like hurt to we, be nothing. We're thinking in ego all the time. When we bring back our spiritual experiences, we're talking through this lens of the ego. And I think, conscious or not, a very big fear of death is pronounced in so many experiencers. And I'm not trying to say that to offend anyone. I really am not. It's just, unfortunately, what I came back with for the most part. And now, the reason why that DMT has been sitting there for a long fucking time is because every time I've tripped since that happened like 15 years ago 20 years ago i go back to that same exact place mm. and it's almost like a voice is going what are you still like it's like a janitor sweeping halls. fucking idiot you're still here bro what are like, you wait, doing what are you, you, why are you coming back here man <laughs> you got it just go live the now remember all those teachers telling you here and now what are you doing here man when you go in there, when you go into that room, bro. You had to remember again, did you? Why do you think your brain keeps repressing it when you go back to your fucking right logical thinking mind? The <laughs> so when you talk about the darkness of the secrets of the universe, man. Uh... The entities <laughs> when they see Andy back again. What the fuck, yo? God damn! God damn! God damn! God damn! Fuck! Fuck! <laughs> wow, dude. I, I don't know, man. It's weird. It's like truman show shit too you ever mm -hmm. hear anybody talk psychedelics with like the truman show effect solipsism and shit like that mm -mm. where you get this feeling that you've created everything and it's oh, all a dream shit whoa it's a terrifying, terrifying i had a waking trip. dream the other day for the first time ever people come back from that experience that truman show experience and just go oh cool i was like kind of like seeing the collective in myself or whatever it's like i think it's deeper than that i don't know what it is <laughs> but there is something to that it's like maybe we're gonna get out of this and we're going to realize that we see all our friends and family because 
those are representations that we've created in our own consciousness for whatever Whoa, we were interacting with. Yeah. In the world. No, that's fucked, bro. You know, and I'm not trying to be atheistic about this. I mm-hmm. think I'm not. I'm I don't know though. <laughs> no, that's crazy I'm, to think about though. Because I don't think there's no God either. I feel like that's why at the end of Dogma, the only answer Alanis Morissette playing God can give Bethany or whatever her name was, was just that and she grabs her nose because you don't get to know. It's like a wink. Like, nope. You'll never know. I don't know. It's weird. Wow. I came back thinking that. Like, in all those endless cycles of births and deaths, you never get a chance to really... Mm-hmm. You, you don't get to slow down. Mm-hmm. And if time doesn't exist, you start to see those births and deaths as split seconds. And it's just absolute insanity. That would make sense, right? It probably gets faster and faster and faster until you eventually become everything and, and nothing all at the same time. Maybe that's why suicide's a sin. Maybe it's the only way out. Yeah. I, I, you <laughs> know, they, I, want to keep, they want you to keep going. I've <laughs> edited that exact thing out of podcasts before because I don't... I know, I know. That's fair. That's totally fair. You know what I mean? Because... Oh, it's too it's way too touchy man i'm that sorry for that sucks you know what i mean because that's, that's some off podcast talk <laughs> <laughs> oh just to be respectful of people you know what I mean? yeah just, yeah and i only mean that like again like i was saying before like yeah hypothetically moment, speaking like people yes and if anyone is have, if anyone is battling with anything just you know reach out to people you could fucking even reach out to me or if you need somebody to talk to you know what i mean yeah, Jesus, ever, I didn't mean to bring the conversation <laughs> to these depths. <laughs> don't ever, uh, Andy's a little stone, so it's okay. And don't ever yeah, totally. do anything irrational, right? Absolutely not. I love no, you. Everybody no. loves you. So No, quite the contrary. I think it, it that is breaking a rule of some sort. And I don't think it's some... It's a taboo, yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't, but I also... No, no, not talking about it. I mean, like, it itself. Like, I think you absolutely should never do that because mm-hmm. I absolutely think there's a reason why many, many, many old, old, old traditions kind of warn against doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it's like breaking your cycle or breaking your spiral, you know, it's premature it's ejaculation of, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. We went to some weird places. Yeah. This guy, this guy cool. fucking heavy. And we like we go, like we would talk <laughs> we about hollow, right off the bat. hollow Earth, and then it would go up, and then it'd be like, no, but did you know that <laughs> that reality is fractured? And yeah, <laughs> yeah. I guess indica does dark things. <laughs> I enjoyed this, bro. I think this was great, and we should. Yeah, this was a fun conversation. We should do this shit more often, bro. I can't have these conversations with everybody. You know, there's like to these kinds of depths and just accept, like expect the other person to kind of know what I'm talking about without too much explanation. You swim in all these waters all the time. Like you're immersed in this language. Yeah. So yeah, I no, really absolutely. Appreciate you and your work. Thank you, man. And I appreciate you and your work, bro. And and for those that want to listen to my show at the one one podcast on all social media platforms and Andy, yeah, where can and, people find yeah. your work? For my Find listeners. me at the deep share on social media, just the deep share. Uh, you can go to the deep but there's not much there. I mean, I stream my podcast there in case anybody wants to not use other platforms. So I guess that's like the baseline, you know, you can do that, but, um, but yeah, I'm on odyssey. I'm on YouTube pretty much everywhere. The deep share podcast. I'm on Patreon. Dan and I do a killer show where we dig, dig, dig into a lot of old history. 
talking about Latin being the probably the newest form of propaganda. Yeah, shout out to Dan and shout out to Danunaki. Right. Yeah, this was awesome one. Yeah, dude. Uh thank you for all those that tuned in and hopefully we'll be doing this again very soon. I'm gonna have an episode out with Andy here on the box saga in a couple of weeks, so Stay tuned and for Dan, that. Yeah. And Dan. And we're going to be doing a, a roundtable too right very soon with yes. our new friend. <laughs> That's going to be really fun. It's going to be interesting. So we have a lot of things in store. Make sure to love each other. Be kind. Absolutely. Love yourself. And yeah. Bye. Peace. MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.